0: It's Jordan, back with Starting a Startup. Glad to be back here. Today I get joined by my friend, Tony Grace. Tony, how are you? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you? I'm fan-fucking-tastic, as always. Anywho, uh, I know I had got a chance to talk a little bit about uh, looking forward to this conversation at the last podcast. and uh, So Tony and I have been talking about doing a podcast together for quite some time. Now, Tony comes from the background. I actually worked pretty much for him uh, for a long time there as one of his representatives, and... Uh, he's about as close to me as I can get. Uh, so this gives us <laughs> gives, only, I'm, I guess, uh, I suppose I'm a lot better looking and, uh, I work a lot harder too. So, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. You do have
0: shitty taste in music, uh, so that is a key differentiator. That's right. I so, forgot. I don't yeah. like Dirk Spentley. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, uh, so Tony started, uh, or he's, um, working for a company called Almatire. Uh, so Tony, tell me a little bit about your company. Um, our company is called Alma Tire Service. It
1: actually kind of goes by many names, um, which is something that sort of evolved over many decades. Um, but it can be uh, it can be generalized into just Alma Tire Service. That's a that's the name of our of our entire organization. And then um, we focus on the transportation industry and servicing it. Um, so we do car repair on up to um, semi truck tire sales and service. We have a Bandag retread plant. We make the best best fucking retreads out there, um, and uh, and we fix semi-trucks, too, now, which has been a really, really exciting thing that we've been doing for the past, probably almost 10 years.
0: So a lot of people refer to this industry as a retail industry. It's not. It's a fucking service industry through and through. The people that call 100%. it retail, they, they're the ones that are having, they're struggling. So you said uh, it's been something that's been evolving over decades. What is decades? How long have you guys been in business? We have been in business for exactly 6.5
1: decades. Um, my. It's a weird way to say it. <laughs> well, uh, the unit of measurement. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, actually, um, in 1954, my, my dad's dad bought a quarter of the business for $2,000. And um, over time, we just kind of, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like the rest is history, right? Like, he was able to buy out his partner and then his silent partner, and then um, he owned the whole thing. My dad and uncle came back. They bought it from him, and uh, yeah, time marches on.
0: Now everybody's still involved with it. I still see Dick when I go there occasionally. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and in reality, he's actually still the majority owner, Um, but uh, he's, I guess you'd call him a passive, you know, a passive interest. He, Jack's um, fucking
0: smile. That's what he is.
1: Oh, he's great. He's, I mean, in a lot of ways, he's the, he's the walking, talking, living, breathing soul of the business. I mean, he's, um, he's a lot of things, but if he's if he's one thing, he's just a very awesome human being and an extremely, extremely hard worker, um, that uh, has never
0: relied on any excuse um, for for anything. Which has uh, kinda of set the culture of Alma tire. That I mean really, if I were to summarize the culture of uh, of Alma Tyre, it would pretty much be fucking hustle. And that's about it. I mean that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep, yeah, that's so, that's what we hang our hat on. I mean, we I don't have a problem telling anybody. I mean, we will we will outwork, we will outserve, you know, we will outperform um, anybody in the field. Everybody yep. except for Jordan Munsters. Well, um, you know, <laughs> Jordan Monster has made the wise decision to exit my field, so uh, I yeah. don't I don't have to you know give you a beatdown.
0: <laughs> if you can't beat him, run away. In that space, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't beat him, yeah, get get out. You know, go 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 uh, run go karts indoors and throw murder weapons against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, so what is your role with Alma Tire? You, t- you talk, you know, Dick's still around. He's a majority owner. You got your uncle and your dad that are doing things. What is your role? Um, I'm the CEO of Alma Tire. And what does that
1: mean? What that means, um, you know, the CEO is uh, kind of the most entrepreneurial um, title and position in the company. So, you you know, you, you've kind of got like three well Michael gruber talks about this but you have like three different personalities um at uh I'll, i'll say like a repair shop that's you know kind of what we're talking about here so i'll say like um we'll use generalization and say like the mechanic so the mechanic you've got the mechanic then you have the manager and you have the entrepreneur those are the three elements of the business i'm generalizing a little bit but the mechanic focuses on the job right in front of him he focuses on what is right in front of him it's the car it's the brake job he's working on that the manager he maintains he's focused on the past he wants everything right now to be just like it was manager maintain same root word you know not a big leap and then the entrepreneur is focused on the future so that's you know primarily what i do and, I, and it lends itself to my personality. I am very rarely satisfied with much of anything. Um, when I look at any aspect of Elm Tire, I want to make it better. I want to make it bigger. I want to make it a uh, better servicing dealer for any of our customers. Um, and I want to make it a better place for all of our employees to come to work. So that's the thing, You know, I, I do a lot of speculation on the future. Um, Try and figure out what the next step is going to be just to make whatever it is that I'm focusing on
0: better. So for those of you listening that are either aspiring to start a business or currently have a business that you're running um, or even working within a business and trying to get to the next step, you heard the different components of that. So a good thing there was you know, there's a separation between the manager and the entrepreneur. And this was really cool to hear because you're absolutely right. A manager wants to maintain order and keep sanity with everything, but there has to be an entrepreneur there that says that raises. Throw a little insanity in there. Yeah, raises the bar before (laughs) before you hit it because if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're always going to get what you always got. So it's you you're absolutely right, but this is the this the role of the CEO is you know really just the the willingness to take calculated risks continuously, Um, and then you know you have your operations team that helps dial that in and make sure that it's successful. So. If you're starting a company, or you're currently working in a company, these are the exact same things you deal with. Now, we were going to talk, the whole goal of today is to basically talk about some of those operational differences between an established company, 65 years in business, and my company, a year in business. Now, in those, there's a lot of similarities that go into it, but one of the big similarities is what was said right there, is... Trying to do the crazy, adding the additional thing, that entrepreneurial thing. You've still, no matter how long you've been established, you have to have somebody who's willing to take that next step, take that next risk, and assume that you're doing things wrong and that you could be doing them better constantly. Isn't that the whole statement? Leaders raise the bar before they hit it. Um. Yeah. Probably. And you know, I I, I don't want to say like necessarily that
1: you know something's necessarily being done wrong. You know. Um, whether it's within my company or anything else, you know, you could, you could have an awesome company, which I will argue that Alman Tire is that. And it was that before I got in there, um, you know, but the, the key thing to focus on is, you know, is it good enough? And, um, you know, if it's, if it's good enough and you're happy with it, you know, that's awesome. But I think, um, I think like anything else, you know, you're either growing or you're dying. You can either grow outside or you can grow inward. And um, growing outside, you know, maybe opening another location, maybe doing just simply doing more mm-hmm. um, of what you're already doing. And then you've got the growing inside, which is, you know, making like I said, make the company better, make things work a little bit better, um, make sure that when people come to work, they're a little happier. Make sure that when they leave, you know, that uh, they're a little more satisfied
0: with what they did. For themselves and other people that day. You said, you know, the idea is that, you know, if you have something that's going well, um, you know, you got a business that's operating well, you're not assuming that it's going poorly. But I mean, really, in our roles, it, I feel like this way is that all I know is I know nothing. Every time I take a step towards something, I know there is a better way of doing it, no matter what I do. Now, done is better than perfect, though, as well. So yeah. sometimes you just gotta fucking do it. Which is, I think, you know, which is, I think, what we've
1: what we did for probably, I mean, for a long time, years. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but uh, hey, whatever, man. I mean, it worked. We just didn't know how it worked. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and I and I'm going to use the word "we" here a lot, and it doesn't necessarily mean me. I'm just when I say "we," I'm just talking about the Tire, everything that was before and is now and will be. Um, you know, it was a it was a profitable company a few years there where it wasn't, and it was kind of a weird deal, but I think every business kind of goes through that. But, you know, we didn't know why it was working. We didn't really know how it worked. Um, you know, we just worked. <laughs> we just worked our asses off. And uh, at the end of the year, our, our accountant was like, hey, you got some money in the bank? If you want, give some bonuses to some people and yourself. And, you know, good job. You get to, you get to operate <laughs> another year. And we were all like, okay, sweet. You know, so we'll just go keep doing that. And, uh, you know, now, especially since we've had the extreme good fortune, especially lately. Um, and I'm saying, you know, in the past, like couple of years, you know, we've had some people come on staff that are just, I mean, they're incredible. I mean, incredible, not just not just in our industry, but, I mean, not, any, anybody
0: yeah. would be happy to have people like this. Um, I know your business, and I know your competition. And that's saying something that not only the team that you had there already, bringing on additional people, because you already had a really strong team. I mean, you, you said it. You know, you're 65 years in business. You don't have a successful business for 65 years unless you have amazing people working for you. Especially, yeah. I mean, how many employees you got?
1: Um, well, now last
0: count was I think it was like right around 65 yeah so you're so you're looking at now you're bringing on people that are not just hard workers but also the able to have some strategy behind that
1: yeah we've got you know um we've got we've got guys that um guys and gals that are you know they've they've got a ton of uh really good training Mm -hmm. um from other places they've got uh God, I mean, they're just, and they're smart too, but they're good people Mm -hmm. and their heart is in the right place when they come to work. They want to do a good job for the company. Yes. But I mean, they're there to help the customer, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, we're not curing cancer. We're not saving lives. But when you have something go wrong with your vehicle, it sucks. It's going to ruin your day. And, um, you know. They're just there to turn a crappy situation into something that will be as minimal as possible, you know.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's what every business is, though. I mean, every business is just. I mean, yeah, I guess. Look, I mean, honestly, the As, as, as me as a person, <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to the I'm going to the dentist because I'm seeking the desire. I have the desire to not have tooth pain and shitty looking spots. like. I'm always looking to make my life a better life, a happier life, and that's what everybody is, and that's what the service is. So if you can be easier or cheaper, all those things allow the person who's the receiving receiving the goods at the end of the day to be happier. So no matter what, whether you're racing go-karts and throwing axes against a wall or whatever the fuck we're doing with all this stuff or you're treating the t- t- or taking care of your customer to where they had a breakdown and you're making sure that their vehicle is operating back to normal again or preventing that from happening. No matter what, you're ultimately trying to make them happier. So if you have a team that helps make that happen, helps understand how to make the customer happier, they're gonna be successful. Harvey Firestone said he could walk through the front door of a manufacturing plant and out the back and he could tell you if it was profitable or not. It all goes by the demeanor of the people in the facility. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. And so you're, you're your business has a lot of that already established with people. I mean, it's, it's a culture of family and I got a chance to experience that even from the outside coming to it. And that's why we've always gotten along really well in that is, um, you guys brought me in like family, but you know, throughout that I've known about some of your challenges and things you've went through. Now, when we're talking about this team that you're building and these people you're bringing on what right now, you know, you're 65 years in the company, you're in charge of it. You've got to take these risks what is your biggest challenge in your role um, you know honestly
1: like my biggest challenge that I feel um, sometimes when I when I look at it from the outside is like you know I feel very very responsible um, for the people that we that we have on staff and because my job is, you know, it is, it is speculation and nobody tells me what to do. Nobody could tell me what to do. And, um, and I had to decide a lot of what the direction is that we're going to take the company in the short term and in the long term. And, um, th- the people are what make attire and it always will be. And if I like, if I get it wrong, like it's gonna it's gonna be, not cool yeah. for the Fortune. people that are that are
0: in our care, really. So four generations and sixty five employees hanging on your shoulders.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if it's like, no, I'm not. I'm I don't own the company, you know, on paper, um, or whatever. But like, everybody knows what's going on, like. If the company went down they're all gonna they're all gonna know it's because you know because Tony couldn't get the job then, basically and yeah if the company goes down like that sucks you know whatever yeah it's four generations you know but dude I don't want to tell 65 people that they need to go find a new job like I don't want to tell 65 people that you know I don't want to tell five people I mean we had a really we had a really tough situation Um, almost a year ago, we had a manager at one of our locations who was just like, (laughs) he was, he was shitty. I mean, like he was a, he was a shitty person and, um, I can't say that I'm necessarily like, like I wish we would have never hired him because he's the person that got us into one of the best, um, one of the best aspects of our business right now and one that is able to just. It was kind of like the last piece to tie in um, being able to completely service our customer. So I'm glad that that happened, but he was, you know, it just became apparent as the years went on, like he wasn't a good person. Um, he wasn't really that great for the customer. He wasn't really that great for the employees, but like that shop was making a lot of money and it was supporting like eight people's payroll, for example. And we had never done that kind of business before we had hired this guy. And I, I know from like the outside looking in, I mean, like I had heard it. I would heard it from, from customers and employees that were unhappy with him. I'd heard some good things too, and that's one of the things that made it kind of tough to make this decision. You know, eventually we found something where we were just like, you know what, it doesn't matter, this guy's gotta go. But when you think about that, and this is something that you just started doing, Um, only a few years ago and you've got these people on the payroll, you know, of course the answer is like, you know, yeah, we could find someone else to do this job. But it it weighs on you. If I I fire this guy, if I let this guy go, um, free up his future. I heard that in corporate. (laughs) Promote promote him to customer. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, You know, what's going to happen? You know, like, am I, is that, am I going to, am i going to have to tell eight people like hey i'm sorry but these past couple months like as it turns out we we really couldn't do it without this guy mm-hmm. you know when you think about it rationally no that's not the case but when you're when you're sitting there and you're looking at these people's faces and you're thinking about their families like you give a fuck i mean you can't just you can't just be like well you know this is what we're doing. Yep. And uh, and just not think about the potential fallout. Like, there again, am I making the right decision or not? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why it was the right decision to let this guy go. Mm-hmm. I say fucking absolutely. Great. Oh, oh, yeah. Decision. You know, I'm, I'm very happy we did. It was one of the best things that ever happened to us was, you know, um, the, probably one of the two of the best things that ever happened to our company was hiring that guy and getting rid of him. Yeah. Yep. You know? But that would have been, I mean, the, the shittiest thing wouldn't have been, oh, crap, we can't, run a, uh, we can't run a, you know, this division of our company, which I'm not going to specify it, but, like, you know, people that are listening that know our company, they're going to know what I'm talking about. But, you know, it wouldn't be, oh, I guess we can't do that. I guess we can't be in that business. It would be like, man, I just let a bunch of people down, you know, and that's, that would be just
0: terrible. So it with uh, you know as a CEO we would said you know taking those risks those calculated risks so the biggest challenge kind of what I got as a summary right there was that the calculations is the hard part <laughs> knowing well knowing what what risk is going to be worthwhile yeah yeah I mean
1: you're gonna you're gonna have risks you're gonna be taking risks if you're a business owner um, you know you you have to and uh, I mean it's kind of like that's <laughs> That's where the future is. Mm-hmm. Is in the risk
0: taking department. Yeah, and knowing if it's actually going to pan out to be worth the shit is going to be a. Uh, it's tough. I mean, even even with my company right now, you know, we have a hundred million different things going on right now because we have this giant. It's. I mean, it's two million dollars just for the startup of it, and all these components have to all start at once so you know like recently you brought into a po a pos system into your company oh yeah how much of a fucking nightmare was that it was the worst yep so that's one aspect of 12 that we have and it that
1: is. actually in bringing in that uh point of sale system um uh, which was also the accounting system that uh happened on the same month um coincidentally that we fired <laughs> that guy that i was <laughs> just talking right. about so yeah that was a. Uh, and there was other stuff going on. That was that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, to put it extremely lightly, it was the, that month was the biggest challenge of my, of my entrepreneurial life. But um, thus far. but yeah, I mean, thus far, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know. Uh, that's just because you're playing the game. Yeah. Well, you
0: enjoy that difficulty. I mean, when you look back on it, like it was fucking awful. But would you have done it any differently? Would you? would do you feel like you did it wrong?
1: Um. Yeah, I would have got rid of that guy a long time ago. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would have. But um, you know, like I said, it was it was even with the knowledge that we eventually had. I mean, it still wasn't a you know just easy decision because okay. of, because of the factors that I talked about. So, um, you know, it's just, yeah, you're going to play the game. If or Let's say that you make the decision to play the game. Mm-hmm. If you're the entrepreneur, whether you're starting, whether you're already in business, whatever, you're saying, okay, you, I press start. I'm playing the game. Yep. So you don't have a choice. Shit is going to come at you. And you have to move through that game. Yep. But... You know, you don't have an either option play the game or don't. Yeah, you know, you don't
0: have the option to to volley it up and let somebody else make the decision. Like ultimately, you're responsible for fucking everything that happens. Now that's you know, you're staffing people, you're putting them in charge of it, but if they perform poorly, who's Who's gonna take that? that? I picked or, the wrong guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still It's my back fault. to you. Yep, yeah, no matter what, no matter what it is, it is going to be the, either the wins or the loses, and more often than not, you find the wins aren't really your fault. They're not a result of you. You can draw them back to being a result of you, but sure as shit, every fucking loss will be yours. No damn, no, no doubt in my mind. Look, any win, any win that I've had at Alma Tire is
1: a result of me just making the right decision on who should be in that spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I can't. I can't really take credit directly for, for any good thing that's happened at Alma and that's fine. I don't really. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for the credit. You know what I mean? I'm here for the. I'm here for these other people. Yep. You know. So um, if I if I pick the right guy, awesome. Then I then I did my job. Mm-hmm. You know, if I pick the wrong guy, then I did a bad
0: job. Time and, to find another guy. Yep. And that's gonna be with with anything. You know, a new business an established business, you know, finding that right person is going to be one of the biggest challenges. But the other giant challenges. But it's know, also the biggest payoff. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I remember having a conversation with my employees before he was, um, we were talking about, uh, oh no, one of my guys, they had sat outside, they go, man, I can't wait for the day that, uh, you know, you walk out and, you know, you can look at our vehicles and be like, man, I'm glad I helped you get this. He's like, one of my past uh, bosses, you know, we were walking through the parking lot. He's like, you know, the best part of my job is looking at all these vehicles and knowing I helped you get there. And I laughed. I'm like, I will never be that fucking egotistical because you know what? You guys bust your ass to get there. And if you actually knew what you were value, what you were capable of doing truly, you could do this times 10. I'm getting you for a fucking steal. And they didn't understand that. But like, really, if you hire a high performer, I mean, fuck, you're investing in them and those investments pay off. So they're just not realizing that investment from it. But you're giving them the structure, you're giving them the lack of risk, you're giving them the ability to be able to not take all those huge chances. You're taking all the risk on and that's why you make the money from that. And that's why you know finding that right person, a high performer, I mean, they're going to give you huge returns on your investment. Like like investing in a business or investing in a franchise or starting a different company. All these things that you put that time and that effort into finding the right one can pay off huge or it can go bust. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and it's and it's kind of like, uh, you know, one of the one of the biggest indicators for me. So this is, uh, a, maybe kind of similar to your to your Harvey Firestone uh, deal is you know like we have a we have one of our locations has got uh, a couple amazing managers in there, and um, I tell people all the time. I mean, you know, when when people want to know like how the business is doing, I guess I could give them numbers if if I want to, but you know one of the most amazing things, I was just talking about this with, uh, with that guy that was here last week, but, um, you know, this, this one location in particular, I can walk in there. The best part about it is it's in another town where I'm not usually at and I can walk in there and I dress in my uniform. You know, I don't, wear a suit i don't do any of this stuff you know like you, I just, you look fucking great <laughs> well <laughs> yes i would but you know um it wouldn't uh it wouldn't be appropriate for for what i do And yeah your industry doesn't like it yeah well and i got shit on the know. for it <laughs> hey I, I change a tire once in a while you know i i still know what i'm doing yeah but um you know it's this great thing where when i walk in there there will be a customer there and again like i'm all about customer service Our company is all about customer service. If I'm there and I'm standing up by like the front door and this has happened multiple times and it just like this is the this is the indicator where I know things are moving in the right direction. You know, customer walks in or they're going to walk in and I just kind of will hold the door open for them like I do. And I'm like, hey, is there anything I can do for you today? And they look at me, and they, like, they've never seen me before. <laughs> and then they, like, peek around me, and they see the two managers standing at their desk. And they go, that's okay, I see, you know, this person. And they're like, that's okay, I see him. I'll, I'll just wait till he gets off the phone. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so great. <laughs> because it's like, you know, these, these people are coming there. Not because they know the owner, not because they think, oh, I need to support these th- this company because the owners are great people or like I've known them <laughs> since I was a kid or whatever. Right. They're coming there because it's the best place to go. Oh, yeah. And the reason it's the best place to go doesn't have like shit to do with me. Mm-hmm. Like I own the building. That's it. It's the guys behind the desk. It's the guys out changing the tires. Yeah, they could give a fuck. They don't even know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I love it. I mean, it's just it's it makes me so happy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I would just as soon, you know, like I say, like nobody knows who I am, mm-hmm. be basically invisible, and you know, let these guys do what they're supposed to do, what mm-hmm. they're meant to do, what they are truly good at, and they do it every day, and it's
0: awesome. So how do you how do you create that culture? So you you know, what was it kind of two, three years ago, you kind of came into the, into the more of the CEO role, right? Like, well, I mean, let's, let's, let's chronicle this. So, I mean, like, you know, you said, you know, I change a tire every once in a while, which really just involves you just sweating a bunch and swearing actually, from my experience. But um, the, (laughs) you, what steps, I mean, tell me about your progression. I mean, obviously your dad is, you know, and your grandpa, you're, you know, you're of heritage for it, I guess, but you didn't just get handed the keys. It's not like the owner's son just suddenly said, "Hey, here's the keys. You're in charge."
1: No, and I mean, you know, like I said, look at it however you want to look. I I still don't have the keys. I probably won't have the keys for a long time. But well, shit.
0: you you have the keys. Well, you the, the the keys the the component. Well, I mean, the literal keys. You don't yeah. own the keys, the, but you're, the they, metaphorical keys. Yes, you're beating the living fuck out of your dad's Corvette. Basically, is what's going on. They handed <laughs> you the hot rod. You're taking your girl out on a date on one night, and you're beating the literal fuck out of it and well, doing what you want with it. You, you have know,
1: the keys. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a distinction there though I wasn't handed it. Mm. I took it yeah. I came in there and I said, okay, I want to do this business and I didn't know anything about it and so I th- the first thing I tried to do was I just tried to at least earn the respect of the people that were there because you come in there you're the boss's kid, it sucks. So you know I didn't I didn't even have anything to do. I mean they were staffed up. so I just started sweeping the floors and like cleaning the shop then I had to go, then I started running tires around and whatever, and um, and I actually I went to go and work a little bit up at this shop where there was a, a manager there who's still within the company and is just an amazing person. Um, he's incredible, but um, he uh, he had a very high standard of excellence that came from within himself, and I watched how he ran the shop and some of the things that he did, and I was like, wow. Um, this shop is like way better Was that Matt?
0: than the other one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I, had, I had to ask just to kind of get an understanding in my head with it. So I, I, Matt, I, I, I Matt hate to interrupt. This, but Matt just, is the COO. I mean, I, mean, am, I mean the fucking, yeah. I mean, he's the, he's, he is so much more the, than that too. He's the MFCO. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, dude, <laughs> he's, he's the CFO. He's the COO. He's the CEO. When he needs he's, to be. that guy, he is, he's a unicorn. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's, uh, you know. He's as close as I could have your brother, yep. um, especially in this business, and uh, I just really value
0: everything that he does. But but you but um, you, yeah, you took you you took it. That's that's a that's a perfect way of giving it. It's like, nobody's going to give it. It's the same thing. Like when people, I remember in Bridgetone, they would ask me like, Hey, what's your next step? What's, what's the next position that you're hoping you're going to get? Motherfucker, I'm going to go take that position. I remember two weeks before I took on the multi-unit management role, I wrote in my, in my document saying, if I don't have this by the end of February, then I'm going to be leaving because I fucking knew I would have it. Not because I knew I would leave if I didn't, but because I knew I'd fucking have it. Well, one of the funny things, like uh, you know, you just
1: think about like these little things that happen, um, and I don't know why the, I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but I remember like being at Almatar when I when I came on, my dad and uncle said, uh, "Okay, well, how much do you want?" I said, "Well, this is how much I was making in my old job, which was not very much money at all." I said, "I just want that, you know, and
0: we'll just go from there." I guess because it's not about the money. It's it's what it's about I the opportunities. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted a chance yep. to
1: work for somebody that that was going to value my hard work. Yep. So um, so I did that. and I remember like after like a year and a half or something like that, maybe two years, and I said to my dad, and I'm like, hey, what can I do to make more money? Mm-hmm. And he kind of like laughed, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, and you're talking about the guy that hands out raises. Yeah. Right. I mean, he owns the business. And he's like, "I don't know. What are you going to do?" And I'm like, "Okay. Well, then I guess I have to figure it out. I have to make myself worth more money." Mm-hmm. Um and you know, and I was in my mid 20s and that's, you know, I ne- well, I needed the money. That's like I shot. said, I can't yeah. I came in on I came in at pretty at a pretty modest salary and I needed the money, so I just I didn't want to give them an excuse that if I went and asked for a raise that they would possibly say no. And I just did, man, I did everything I could and I tried to learn as much as I could from the people around me. Um, you know, which and my dad and uncle were not uh, bastions of of nah. I mean, they weren't like,
0: Oh, well, this is how you do this and They this opened is how the doors do for things if you needed them open, but they weren't gonna tell you how to do yeah, no, it. Yeah, no, no.
1: And they still like we were we were just going over financials late last week and my my dad was like, you know, I've never understood how we even make money. I just mm-hmm. go to work and do stuff as as hard as it's I hard can and as fast <laughs> as I can. And uh, you know, I love Jeff. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, if you're good at what you're doing, yeah. You know, like the numbers, you cannot. I mean, I don't know. A lot it, you of guys, experts will probably argue with me, but I'll I'll be the case study that 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 is maybe the exception to the rule, I guess. But like, your numbers cannot be the driver of your business. Mm-hmm. You have you, to be aware of the numbers and make modifications. Yeah, go the wrong direction. And we're and we're just getting into that, yeah. and I'm and I'm really excited about that because it's it's really it's showing us some gaps that we didn't know we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, when we get those things tuned up and we get you know our guys armed with the knowledge that's going to come from that, I mean shit's going to get crazy. It's going to be awesome, but it's like, you know, you come there first,
0: you come there first for, with the intent to work hard and to do a good job. Well, you know, you said this with, you know, the guy that you had running, uh, running that facility that was a piece of shit, right? Like you had well, him come in, he was the most profitable part of your business, right? Yeah, he
1: was. I mean, that, well, that operation was, I mean, from a, from a net profit percentage standpoint, that part of the business was doing amazing.
0: Dollar wise, it was probably pretty high up there too, though, wasn't it? Like not yeah, just because they did a lot of revenue too. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. So I mean, like you had your most, your highest performing location, but he sucked because he didn't take care of people. He was a piece of shit to the people around him. Right. That's when you say he was a piece of shit. It was to the people, right? It was. dude, it was to everybody. Yeah. I mean, he he was just he did not have respect for. And and if you think okay, so you know we say you know you can't let the numbers drive your business, and that's point in case right there, is the numbers if they they would have had you drive your business, you had a captain. What would have happened long term?
1: Oh man, I mean it would have it would have been the end. I mean it it spreads, and I don't care if you've got one location that's an hour away. Like your people know when you have got a shitty person, and they know that that's what you're tolerating. And you know what do they say? Like you. What you what you're supporting is what your values are. Mm-hmm. Like, is the true indicator? Yeah.
0: And it just, I mean, man, I can't even tell you. Like, it just it drove me nuts. But like you, you had your pulse on the business, and luckily, you know, you've you've had the experience of starting from sweeping the floors, moving all your way, uh, your whole way up to CEO. And I know your company. There is fucking nobody, nobody who has who has looked at it with that sense of like, I'm just gonna show up there and I'm gonna make that position. I'm gonna be the top of that. I think they take the effort to it, but I don't think they take it, like you said. They work towards it, but they don't fucking take it. So, in this role, you had this guy who's performing through the roof. He's being super successful as far as financially goes, but he sucked for customers. You had your finger on the pulse, And he sucked for the employees. That's important to say, too. No, absolutely. He sucked for everybody. You put that as your number one priority because as any fucking business, whether you're starting or whether you've been established or anything, your number one thing is taking care of those people around you. You said it when you talked about like, you know, I have to worry about those 65 faces. You know, it's not, you know, there's four generations and yeah, that fucking sucked to tell Grandpa Dick, hey, sorry, the business went out or whatever, but that's nothing compared to those 65 faces. Your priorities are with people first. And if you do that, you'll fucking make money. And that's why you guys have been making so much money. Well, I... I don't know the number exactly, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys have been making a lot of money, but you're, you have to be working for the numbers, but they need to be secondary. Like You need to be aware of them, and you have to run your business by the numbers, but you don't do that as your primary way of running the business. You put that as a secondary. Your other indicators of how you take care of people, both employees and customers, are what's going to dictate your success level. This is actually why, as for us, for franchising, with, with this Infinity Combat system we're developing, we're making it because you have to be a part of our franchise because we have standards of excellence to take care of people. Two weeks ago, went to Indianapolis, went to Kentucky. Fucking awful experiences at the kart track. I don't want them having my technology. They're going to fuck it up. They're not going to give the best experience for a customer. So it's, it's always putting that customer's, you know, the, our, our North Star metric being joy. That's, if you constantly put that there, if we constantly put that as what's going to be the very best thing, that's what that's exactly what we're driving after. If we constantly put all line of our efforts behind that, we'll make money. But we also need to be aware of the numbers to look for the gaps, like you said. Right. But
1: yep, hundred percent.
0: You know that the cultures aren't that different. You know, as far as like building a culture or making a modification, every time you make a change to your business, you want to implement something new or try something out or or you're just bringing on a new company you're you're starting a new company from scratch every person you bring on has a certain set of values and a certain set of operational guidelines in their heads of how they should be and you've got to change each one of those people every time now i would fair guess with an established company one of your biggest challenges is is getting people that were a part of uh, that that were you know on board with a different way of doing business to start doing business in a different manner correct uh yeah that's very difficult so with starting a business, you got to, everybody that comes on, you've got to get them moving that direction. Now, the nice thing with starting a business is your pulse is on every, everybody. I mean, it, it, you know them. You're intimate with them. I mean, everybody is a key component of it. You guys talk all day long. I mean, there, there gets to be a point where that's not sustainable. If I were to ask you, at what point did it stop being sustainable for your role? Because you started sweeping the floor. So everybody in your atmosphere, everybody you worked with, you talked to all the fucking time. At what point did you just have to talk to the leaders of leaders? Um, well, it yeah, basically you
1: cannot you cannot be an effective manager. Like let's say let's say you're a manager at at a certain location and you've got a manager above you, and let's say it's me, right? Like you can't I can't go into that place and start talking to one of those guys that the manager is trying to you know guide them through their day. You cannot go directly to that guy mm-hmm. because it will undermine the the guy that you've put in charge there in a multitude of different ways, you know. And I and I got to understand that when I was a manager of a location, and uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and say, like my uncle who I love dearly um, and respect like crazy. I mean, like I would have my day lined out, and he would just be like, he would just pull a car in that from a customer that he, that he found, um, somewhere here, he's dropping off tires and it's like, and yeah, and I was just like, Oh my gosh. And it, it messed up a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, the thing is like, was he, was, was his heart in the right place? Absolutely. I mean, he was trying to help out the customer. He was trying to help out the shop. He's trying to help out everybody. But that's the thing. When you've got a really, really good manager, you have to be very, very careful about what you like, what your involvement is in the business. You know, you gotta let guys run their own railroad. Oh, absolutely. And um, and it was kind of like by really like by the time I stepped out of the store manager role, um, I had learned that lesson because, like I said, I'd had that shit done to me many, many times. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, and the whole way along, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to actively better myself and my role, you know, I'm trying to read stuff. I'm trying to listen to stuff all the time. Listen to podcasts like this one, you know, and, um, it's, and I, and I do talk to these guys like a lot, the managers, I'm like, you know, um, definitely never a week goes by where I don't. And I ask them how things went, you know, what are you struggling with right now? Um. I could be and I and I will be definitely a little more structured, a lot more structured mm-hmm. with um, what my role is for them, really just to, to help give them more guidance. Yeah, I mean and help them understand what a good job looks like and how to get there. Yeah.
0: Um, it's just as hard but, for an employee to figure out what they're doing, what they need to do to be successful by your terms as for them to be able to be successful by what their terms are because no matter what, no matter how hard you work, they're never going to be the exact same thing. They'll be close, but that's what you talk about. you know, giving And sometimes that's a good thing, too. No, yeah, you want them to be able to run with it. You want yep. them to take over. You said build their own railroad. Fuck yeah, go be a tycoon. Go yep. blow it up, and be. I'll be here. But remember that if you come to me, I'm going to go to these resources. I'm going to Google the shit. I'm going to ask questions to people out there. And if I come up with the answer before you, why the fuck is that? Because we both have the resources that we need to get to. If it anything outside of that, then absolutely I should be the one who makes the decision to it. But giving him that opportunity of you're in charge, go build your railroad. I'm here for your resources, but you got to come to me for the things that you only physically can do yourself. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: It's I mean, and and I I do give guys
0: uh, a lot of rope, mm-hmm. a lot of rope, and that can be just you as know? frustrated as being structured. Yeah, but and I'll that's, tell you what, I'll take the cry, rope man. over being structured <laughs> a fucking thousand times.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different. People respond to different things. Um, and different people are, are good at working in whatever different framework. You know what I mean? I, I would be fine with having either one of those kind of managers. But if, if that manager needs a little more structure than if I want him working in the business, then it's down to me to provide that kind of structure. And it's tough. And, you know, especially in my role because I do deal with so much stuff during the day, it's hard to get the time set aside to do that because I don't want to treat it trivially. I don't want to just have a meeting and be like, okay, what do you think about this? Okay, we're going to do this. And then never follow up on it.
0: That's a dangerous thing and it's very easy to fall into. I've done it before and it sucks. Oh, I mean, you're always going to do it. But because you, well, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have fucking 80 things that you want to do that you want to move forward with. And five, 10 of those things are never, you're going to start on it and you're not going to be able to follow through with it because the others were more work than what you thought. If you're not doing that, then you're basically scheduling in inefficiencies during your day. And, you know, yeah, there's probably a lot to that. If like you plan for an inefficiency and plan for strategic thinking, but I, know, that's, I guess that's not how I operate too much. Maybe I should be a little bit more like that. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm certainly not an
1: expert. I just know what I do, what has been working and what we what we
0: still need to work on. Yeah. So, I mean, like... Finding the right people, motivate them in the right way. I mean, this is all shit that every everybody that's starting a business wherever they know that they know that, you know, going through those steps is th- those are your biggest bang for the buck. I guess types of things or bang for your second because time is just as precious, if not more. But at the end of the day, developing that culture is. I mean, that's that's a, a key component. You know, you take those calculated risks, but you also have to lead a culture of people because. If, the, if people don't have a reason to go to work other than financial, they're going to pro- perform like shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Do you have to find the right people? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, <laughs> any, any guy sitting next to you at a bar who like doesn't do fucking shit, he's going to be like, oh yeah, business. Well, I'll tell you the secret to business. Have the right people. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Basic. Yeah. Okay. Well, go do it then. Yeah. Go find those people. Keep them happy. Keep them motivated. Yep. You know, do your job
0: for those good people. Mm-hmm. You know, servant leadership—that whole idea that like you should be the one that's working the fucking hardest. You should be the one who's putting in the time, the effort, constantly leading the people, working with them. Because at any point, I mean, you can count for your employees to do probably eighty percent of whatever you're doing. I, I I feel like that's probably a pretty accurate thing. If you're only if you're giving yourself if giving a hundred percent, your best fucking employees might come up and match you. But there's the whole law of the lid. People will not follow you if they have a higher capability for leadership. So your employees are theoretically going to, they're going to have to only produce less than what yours is. But that means that you can't take a 75% day. You can't take a 50% day because then your whole team's going to be taking that shit and it lasts a lot longer. So your bad habits, your poor work ethic, those are going to come back and fucking haunt you when you're in charge of a lot of people because you're going to see it multiply within your employees.
1: Yeah. I mean I think I think when you're I think when you're, you know, the guy out front, I mean, you are, just like just like Dick is, my granddad, I mean, you are the culture. You are what your business is going to be. Yep. You know, if you're sloppy, your business is gonna be sloppy. If you're tight, your business is gonna
0: be tight. If you're lazy, your business is gonna be lazy. Yeah. What what whatever the fuck your bad habit is is what's going to be... You're going to see it tenfold once you start leading people. Because if you can't help them through that... I mean, you can hire people that can support your bad habit for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, that's honestly probably the best thing you can do is try to find the people that are unlike you to make sure that you're covering all aspects of it. But at the same time, you've all got to be able to talk the same language and move in the same direction. And that ultimately comes down to who leads the culture. Yeah. Yep.
1: And I mean, and that's the thing. You know, I want to be... I mean, like, going back to why I wear my uniform almost every day at work, I mean, you know, like, I want to be able to say at any time, you know, hey, do you need me to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, there are are things that people do at our company that I just straight up don't know how to do. And whether it's accounting or, you know, putting brakes on a semi, I mean, like, I can't do that stuff. I can't. But, you know, watch me try. Like, if you're going to tell me it can't be done or if you're gonna tell me this is stupid, or you're gonna tell me whatever, like fine, I'll th- I'll throw down, Yeah, like, if, get out of the way.
0: If somebody can do it, I can fucking do it better. But you gotta give me time to be able to get there. If somebody's got 10,000 hours the experience in it, give me 10,000 hours, I'll blow their fucking doors off. I've always had that mentality with everything, and I think to be successful, whether you're starting a business, running a business, or taking over a business, or even just working for somebody, you've gotta have that fucking mentality. You have to have this idea that if somebody can do it, if another human being can do it, I can do it better if I put forth 100% of my effort.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's the willingness too. It's like, I I made all, all I do every day. I'm asking people to do things that I can't do. But I would never, ever, ever ask some ask somebody to do something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Yep. You know, like, if, you, if you're running a tire shop, if you're running a tire shop, and that's what we are, if you're running a tire shop and you need the floor swept and you won't
0: sweep the floor... If you're going to be like, someone get over here and do this. Mm-hmm. It's never going to get done. If they see you do it, they're going to do it too. You know who's the only motherfucker who's actually cleaned the bathrooms at my facility? Granted, we're only through construction. But guess who's the only person who's cleaned the bathrooms? Um, yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? The reason I do that is because I take fucking pride in being the first one to do that. Yeah. I hate cleaning bathrooms. I fucking hate it. But you know what? You're setting the example. I I and want it's you to, I wanted to clean bathroom. You're the, cleaning be, bathroom. Yeah. You're, the
1: de- you're the detail.
0: If I let those types of things slide, if I'm not willing to just jump into it and be own that that I'm the one cleaning the bathrooms right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I fully expect other people to do it as well. Well, you got other shit to do. Yep. That's it's. We're talking about two different things. Yep. But would you do it? The yeah, the, the people that I'm expecting to get it done. They can't do the things that I have to do. That's taking up the time for it. But I fucking bet your ass I'm gonna be the first one who's gonna start grabbing the rags to take care of it. And that's the whole that that mentality of I can do it better. I can do more constantly. Constantly raising the bar. Constantly doing the next thing and always holding people to a higher expectation without just telling them to be better, but also showing them how they can be better and leading by example.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like if someone's gonna say, well, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let someone say you can't expect that of me. Yeah. Well, I. I expect it of myself and I expect that you are every bit as good as I am, which I'm not a special person. I'm not like, I am not I don't have, I'm full of flaws.
0: Yeah. I mean, but there is so many things that, that I'm good at that can, if I, if I'm determined for it and I'm willing to do it, I can do it fucking fantastic. The things that I am, I, I have my flaws at, the things that I need to hire people to staff is the things that quite honestly, if I'm real with myself, I'm just not willing to do. You had said like, you know, there's things in the, your position that you don't know. Like, you know, you say accounting or something like that, for example, or changing brakes on semi where the two examples you gave, like it's not a lack of willingness or anything. You've made the choice not to do those things because you have to prioritize the other stuff and people just, they don't get that. They don't understand that they have to own it. They have to be, they, they have to be. Well,
1: some people do. Yeah. Some people do. And those are your those are your amazing. People. Oh yeah, you're yeah, your you top performers. I mean.
0: The people who are gonna be, you know, holding the holding up the, the staircase with you and making sure they can carry people. But there's so many people that you need to just put in place to be able to do those things and continue moving on and take on the next task and constantly hand it and constantly bring it to somebody else because then you're raising the bar of the people around you as well. Yeah. Now whether that's having the expectation that my team's gonna clean the bathroom just as much as I do, or it's the expectation that they can have A higher level of performance or do something they never thought was possible that's my job is to get the realization for that and that's your job too whether you've you know you're running a business that's been established for a long time or you're starting from scratch you've got to have that mindset no matter what you have to fucking drive those people to be the best versions of themselves that they can be yeah but anyways well i appreciate you coming here today tony this is uh, we always get a deep in-depth conversation. Hopefully anybody listening to this podcast got something and gleaned from it. I think there was Do a people lot people listen to this podcast. Do people listen. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Where's your podcast, Tony? Uh
1: this is yeah, this is my podcast debut. I will have a podcast on iTunes soon called i don't know late comer I don't, I don't know I like. less attractive than jordan let's go <laughs> yeah all right, <laughs> all right well, guys. lucky for you this is a podcast and you know no one's ever going to know the truth yeah everybody said I you have you. a face for radio i do have a yeah, face for radio yep. Yep, it's fucking great
0: <laughs> all right guys well i look forward to seeing you again have a great day go make it a great hey, day thank you for having me absolutely yep, yep. it was awesome Glad to have you yep. all right guys go kick some ass see ya